Hi, and welcome to episode seven of the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld. Today, we talk to homeowner and renovator Teresa Ann O'Reilly, who together with her husband, Declan Furlong, who owns Evoke Kitchens, renovated their second property after spontaneously buying it just weeks before their wedding, right before the pandemic. They're turning a 90s three-bed bungalow into a modern two-story overlooking Tremor Bay. Tune in to hear how industry pros approach and manage a renovation and how you might be able to DIY parts of your project to save money and take control of your dream home. We talk numbers, we talk practical tips, as well as how to approach your dream home without sacrificing and knowing how to make the right trade-offs for the luxuries you do want to keep. Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Welcome, Teresa, and thanks for being here with me today. Thanks, Tanya. Yeah, no, delighted. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit more about who you are other than a uh, house owner, and uh, then we will jump straight into how you ended up with this house. Okay, well, I am um, I'm from Waterford. I, um, I have a, a website and brand design company that I set up a two and a half years ago, so just before the pandemic, which was kind of opportune in hindsight. <laughs> and I before that, I spent um, 11 years working in radio and traditional media, um, where obviously it had to kind of transcend into digital media really within that within that decade. And so that's where I kind of honed a lot of my skills. Um, and I loved, you know, working with, you know, with media, with all the brands that we work with there. Um, so that's that's me professionally, I guess. Um, at home, I am a wife and a mother, um, which I still <laughs> think, you know, just, I, I still feel, yeah, I just, I just, I don't feel like either of those things, except for the fact that I do have a husband and we have a six month old baby. And yeah, um, and I mean, I guess we're in the middle of this major renovation project. And I feel like we are those people who are just so typical you know we're just we're ticking that box we got married and had a baby and bought a house and are renovating it so in one way I hope we're just really relatable to so many other yeah. people in your life journey as well well I guess something unique about you though is that your husband Declan runs Evoke Kitchen so you do know quite a bit about you know he's doing maybe not building but he's doing a quite you know he's doing fit outs and knows a little yeah. bit about the industry take us back to I think it was 2019 when you bought the house right yeah exactly so it came around very spontaneously and yeah I mean you're gonna think I'm crazy when I tell you this right so (laughs) we were about two or three weeks out from getting married and we were driving from our house in Waterford City we lived um, in a beautiful place called King's Channel which is right down on the river and it's gorgeous Um, and we had been living there for four years Um, I bought that in maybe 2000 and 15 would that make sense oh yeah, okay so this was your second property yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah. Exactly. so I bought King Channel in 2015 which was a great time to buy as a buyer it was a great time because prices were quite low at, at the time so and uh, so we'll, we'll kind of get to that in, in a couple of minutes but we were driving past this now property that we live in um one gorgeous sunny day about three weeks before we were due to get married and the two of us just our heads turned and I was like god look at that place it's class it was just a lovely typical bungalow on a beautiful site with spectacular views and mm-hmm. it was for sale outside of it and that was a Saturday and we 
viewed the house on Tuesday. We made an offer on the Wednesday and we closed the sale on the Friday. What? So <laughs> with no intention of selling our pre as when I say no intention of selling our previous house, we had no intention of moving, right? Like we had never discussed moving house. We had never said, what do you think about selling the house we're in and moving and taking on a renovation project? I mean, we're getting married in three weeks, right? We nothing had been discussed. It oh was most thing that we have ever done. Um, and it's you know one of the best things we've ever done as well. I guess part of the reason was was that this obviously is such a beautiful location. Mm. And given that Declan does what he does, right? So as you know, he's so he he owns and runs both kitchens and Waterford. You know, they they are known across the country as being kind of one of the I'm going to say it one of the best kitchen suppliers in the country. They are, um, and and it's wonderful. And he is a perfectionist, and he loves what he does. And his background is in building construction. He's a qualified okay. carpenter. Okay. Okay. Services engineering degree in WIT as well. So you know, he's got a lot of experience you know across the board right so there's yeah. just no way that we could have done this as kind of whimsically as we did I guess only for he has the experience and the foresight and the vision that he's got and then also we were in the very fortunate position where house prices especially in Waterford City had kind of skyrocketed at the time so we knew that we were in a really good position equity wise with the house and that it yeah. was you know we could kind of afford to maybe take a, a gamble on because, you know, we knew we were going to sell the house for significantly more than we bought it for. So that then is how we were going to finance the project that we were taking on. And it just, it all kind of happened, but it spiraled. And then we got married three weeks later and had a ball, you know. So, <laughs> and I never looked back. Okay, so you bought it and then you're like, okay, we're going to sell the other house. And it's 2019 at some point. <laughs> and were you going to move into the house before you renovated it or no? Yeah, well, yes, yeah, we were. So yeah, we we let me think of the time here. Okay, so we essentially bought it and closed the sale in around June and mm-hmm. we moved in on the third slash fourth of October. And that was basically when, you know, all the contracts and everything had gone through. Very slow process buying and selling a house in the middle of the summer, by the way, when people are taking holidays and <laughs> paperwork is very slow. So um yeah, yeah. so that was kind of thing quite a bit but we yeah we got in in October and our plan was to kind of live in it through the winter and then start okay. the renovation process you know maybe in the kind of January February March the other reason for that being that my husband is just so busy in those couple of months from kind of August September October, yeah. November right to Christmas and um, so you know even for him to to dedicate some you know mental space to take on this project would have been really difficult so that was the plan and next thing oh we also were going on honeymoon in the January so nothing was going to be happening then and then the pandemic hit and we didn't know where we were at and we didn't and also I mean it was a very uncertain time financially for everybody in business because nobody yeah. knew what way you know what what way the economy was going to kind of take shape so we were very reluctant then to 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 do anything too big in case you know we needed to live off of the the surplus money that we had from the sale of the house you know it was we just were kind of taking it cautiously let's say yeah at the beginning and one question so you were going the the bulk of the renovation financing was going to come from that from the the profits from the first house yeah oh yeah like that was I mean, it was going to be that and then savings that we had along the way. And and yeah. in kind of hindsight as well, that I guess that caution that we took initially allowed us 
to live in the house for longer than we had probably initially anticipated. But it got it, it allowed us to get to know the house through the seasons. It got us, it allowed us to kind of figure out what rooms get light, you know, at different times mm. of the day, different seasons of the year. And you know, which rooms are colder or cozier or, and then also how we flowed through the house and how we lived in the house. And we weren't sure initially, even when we bought it, I know, sorry, you asked this and I, and I, I don't think I answered, but we didn't know when we bought it, whether we wanted to keep it. It was a bungalow. Um, yeah. and it's, a, it's a bungalow with a footprint that so many people across Ireland would be really familiar with where you walk in the front door, there's a nice wide hallway, there's a big sitting room on the right-hand side, you go straight through into a kitchen and a diner, and then you turn down the corridor into three bedrooms in the back. And it was also, like, it was perfectly livable. We bought it from a lady who, you know, had had it as her home for years, and it was a beautiful home. It was perfect for us to move into, but we had no idea whether we were going to keep it as a bungalow or extend out maybe and make it a larger bungalow or go up the way, which is ultimately what we decided to do. So we're we're converting our bungalow into the into a two-story but we were allowed to make those decisions and I feel like they were informed decisions because we lived in the house for longer than we expected so you weren't sure if you were going to make it two-story or not at all when you moved in you were just like okay and and I suppose you didn't have the baby on the way yet no we didn't no I know we didn't I don't want to say we didn't have a plan either but we didn't really like you know we weren't we were never those people who were like, right, we're going to get married. And in nine months time, we're going to start trying for a baby. Like we were just kind of like, look, let's just do it and see what happens. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I, I, I guess, yeah. And, and here we are with with the baby. So, but look, yeah. I think we always knew we wanted to have, you know, a child and, you know, hopefully children, perhaps. Of course. So whatever house we were going to build, we, we wanted it to be a family home and one that could accommodate a growing family. Gotcha. Okay. So you... You lived in the house then throughout the pandemic, I suppose, then as they started allowing certain kind of construction things going on, was Declan then getting really busy with kitchens and things like that? That's the thing, right? So as we were saying, you know, we didn't know whether, um, you know, business was going to really take a massive, you know, plummet or what. But, you know, we, we all know in hindsight now that, you know, the money that people couldn't spend on holidays or the money that people were saving from things like, you know, going to weddings and weekends away and just living their general day-to-day life when we had the freedom to do so, that money was now going on interior improvement. And yeah. and I think, you know, there's a lot of people who were saying, I'm going to do the kitchen now in the next five years. And now all of a sudden we're kind of sent into this, into this space where they're going to know what I'm, I'm going to just do the kitchen now. And they've never been busier. And it's been brilliant, right? It has been great, but it has meant obviously that we haven't had, I guess, as when I say we haven't had as much time, he hasn't had as much time. Like I really, you know, I like I have to give him like most of the credit for everything that happened with this house. Because you know, but don't get me wrong, I do, I, I do, I do contribute a bit. But he's, you know, really has. He's the one who, yeah, who has the experience, the expertise, and the the ability to kind of make everything happen. So uh, that I had a question about who's leading the project because in a lot of cases you know, uh, since I'm an interior designer, a lot of cases, it's the it's the female partner often leading charge um, and kind of the, the guy gets dragged along. But in your case, um, he obviously knows that stuff inside out. So you're li- at what point during the pandemic did you decide to start the renovation? So we... Okay, so so at this at this stage, we we were still kind of unsure. By the time the pandemic started, right, we actually were still kind of unsure even what we were doing. So we were looking to speak to our architect and stuff at that yeah. stage. Um, okay. 
And can I mention our architect actually? But of course, yeah. We, yeah, we'd love to shout out any good people you've worked yeah. with. So we work with um, Dave Merrigan of uh, MDP and Partners in Waterford. Um, and he's amazing. Um, so I know, again, I'm kind of like my husband has done like some, um, you know, professional projects with him, both commercial and residential. And, yeah. you know, Declan knew that Dave would have, you know, a similar vision to us and whatever. So we wanted to, at this stage work with him and figure out what we were going to do with the with the with the build, essentially. So we ultimately designed the house that we are now building, which is a two story mm-hmm. house. And we had to put in for planning permission at that stage. So we were kind of being dictated to now by the formalities. Um, yes. So we yeah. had to obviously, you know, apply for the planning permission, hope that it all went through, hope we didn't have, you know, too many objections or anything. We were very lucky. We didn't have any of that. Again, oh, great. Dave, uh, well, the thing is, right, Dave, with his experience, I guess he knows, especially Waterford, the southeast and the surrounding areas so well. And he, you know, I mean, he does this day in, day out, right? So he sure. really guide us on what he thought would work what would be accepted um, and he gave us some really good advice anyway, to be fair you know we I suppose did a lot of research and stuff ourselves as well but things like you know we wanted to clad the upper story of the house in you know a, a kind of a, a dark cladding we didn't know what we were going to go with at the time but we were very much taking inspiration from some of the agricultural buildings that are surrounding us because you know we wanted to kind of blend it into the landscape Sure. We went with a flat roof design because obviously we were going from a bungalow with a pitched roof to a two-story house. So we wanted yeah. to make sure there was a huge difference in that upper height of the of the finished house. And um, so obviously the difference between the pitched roof on the bungalow and the flat roof and the two-story actually isn't all that, you know, it's not all that different. We very much worked with the the slope and the kind of the landscape of our garden as well. And um, so the road is quite a bit higher than the site itself mm-hmm. and you know where the house sits so we wanted to make sure that you know even say as people are kind of driving down the road that the house doesn't protrude too much over you know the eye line and it was just kind of keeping things like that in mind really helped get the house you know the planning permission for the house over the line without you know any objections or anything so yeah. we managed so yeah so a- after that I guess we once we got planning permission we, we kind of just cracked on the first thing that we did and people are going to find this bonkers First thing we did was we built our garage. <laughs> it, it, it was a functional space that we essentially needed to be able to facilitate us to move out of our house. Okay, we needed gotcha. for everything, right? And we needed also, I was like, I'm going to still need somewhere that I can work. So I'm going to need somewhere that I can put a desk. And, and you know, because we didn't know where we were going to live and where we were going to be living in a caravan or, you know, whatever. So um so I was like look you know we're going to need something to to facilitate us to get out of the house in the first place so we built the garage and okay that's now filled with all of our furniture and (laughs) uh, belongings just it's chaotic but look um it's great and it allows at least the other side of it is right is we knew it was a space that we wanted and if it was going to be the last thing that we were going to do and perhaps the budget wouldn't stretch it would never get done and then sure. it would just be, the, you know, kind of, I just, I just know the house would have suffered if we didn't have the garage. I know yeah. it sounds. So we no, it, it does have, it makes some practical sense. But going back yeah. a few steps. So yeah. what was the brief you gave the architect? How, how did you come to the decisions to do, you know, the convert it to two story, you know, maybe because that's a big trade off to then go and get planning permission to have to move out to factor in the cost of living somewhere else. 
So tell, tell us a little bit more about like, you know, was it 200 square meters and then you wanted this much? So you decided to do this over the extension. How did you weigh those pros and cons before you okay. decided on the final design? Okay. So I think we had, faith definitely wasn't, um, wasn't a, a, a dictating factor. So it okay. wasn't a case that, right, I have to have my house at 3,200 square foot. There was none of that, right? Sure. We just, and I'm sorry, I, and my husband, we both kind of said, right, we want a space, a, like a kitchen, living and dining space that we can live in and entertain in and, you know, and have our people over in and, you know, just have yeah. a lovely, a lovely big kitchen, living, dining space to live in and entertain in. We wanted a, a working utility, a functioning space that we could wash, dry and, you know, um, sort our clothes in and stuff. We wanted a, you know, a very much a, a working utility that also could maybe act as a, a hub of the house with all of the utilities mm-hmm. in that storage space. Um, we wanted a snuggy sitting room because, again, this is something I think we kind of learned both in, in the house we lived in, in, in Waterford City, in King's Channel, and in this bungalow before we, we renovated it, was we do like in the wintertime to have a small space. We can go in with just the couch and maybe light the fire and, you know, have a, a the TV on and a couple of candles lighting and a glass of wine and you just close that door. So while it's fabulous having like a big, lovely open pan kitchen living dining space, if I feel like you, you sometimes can't cozy up in that living yeah. space, for, you know, yeah. So we wanted to have a kind of a snuggy room that might also double as a bit of a playroom, perhaps, and um, during the day for any potential kids that we now have. And then we wanted a minimum of three bedrooms. So one for us and at least one for a child and one spare or, you know, and we were like, if we can get a fourth bedroom in there, great. But, you know, it's fine if we don't. And that was kind of it. And we were like, just come back to us with what you can do. And if it's, uh, you know, whatever configuration you can work. We also actually, and this was something that we did actually address in, in our kind of design as well, because obviously sometimes architects and interior designers as well can get super creative with, you know, let's put a lounge upstairs or do whatever. We yeah. have four dogs and our dogs have never four. been. I know. Yeah. Four, four, four crazy. dogs. Yeah. Oh and my they're big. God. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> And they're like they're a part of our house and our family, and they but they've yeah. never been allowed upstairs, and they never will be allowed upstairs. But you yeah. love that they can come and cozy with us in the evening time wherever we are sitting and chilling out. So our evening time, our chill out space, our sit down area had to be downstairs where the dogs could join us. We didn't yeah. want like an up lounge because it might make sense having an upstairs lounge that could take in For the, the views. views. Yeah. yeah. Now, we did sneak one into the bedroom, so we can come to that in a couple of minutes. But, um, but yeah, we just didn't want our living area to be upstairs where the dogs can go. So people are going to think, you know, God, you're mad, like you're designing your house around your dogs. But it comes back to designing your house around how you live and what works for you. And yeah, I guess I guess that was that was the brief. And, and he came okay. back and kind of, kind of nailed it, really. Amazing. And what about your office? Where were you going to work? Um, So in the garage. That was always going to be the plan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, cool, they, so cool. I kind of just said, let's just get that in there straight away because, again, it kind of if I don't work, I don't have money to pay for the house. So if if the house doesn't build the office for me, then I can't pay for the house. So you know that was kind of part of it as well. I was like, get me into a proper working office where I can actually 
knuckle down and and try and make as much money as I can to pay for this. So yeah, that was that was kind of part of it as well. So the, yeah, so the office goes in the um in the garage, which is okay. Very yeah, we built a two story garage. The office is upstairs. Oh, cool. Okay, all right. So then you're building a two two story house and two story garage. So there's quite a lot there. It, it has turned out to be quite a big space in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a big renovation. Like when I first looked at the pictures on your Instagram, I thought it was a new build. And then when you look at the photos of what the bungalow used to look like, it's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, it is. And in saying that, we've actually still kept an awful lot of the original structure yeah. um, and the original foundations, um, you know, and upstairs is timber frame. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, we have, we've worked with what, what we could, and then we've, we've added where we've needed to. And in terms of then like the, the renovation, the, the final one you signed off on with the architect, how different was that in like scope and budget compared to the first renovation you were considering? Like you, you'd had a little bit more time to design it, to budget for it. What changed there? I think budget wise, we were still able to bring it in on budget, right? But okay. I think what it allowed us to do was maybe get, get rid of a few things that we kind of said, you know what, we don't need that. Again, it's, it's, it's a hard one. I'm trying to think. So the first thing that comes to mind is one of the really cool things, I guess, that we had tried and hoped to include and um, that we have eventually knocked on the head for price and kind of practicality, mainly price, though, right, is um, so in our master bedroom upstairs, we have designed this to, again, fit with our lifestyle and how we live and Okay, I'm going to be totally honest. Neither of us are super tidy when it comes to like, you know, <laughs> back in the wardrobe and folding everything super neatly. And like, no, I'm I'm the person that if there's a chair in the corner, there's going to be like four coats and two pairs of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for that reason, I love to have a bedroom that has nothing else in it. So in the space mm. that I sit in, I just want a bed and a side table and a light. And that's it, right? And a window. Once I got those things, box ticked, I can go to sleep nice and soundly. So what we did was we built a kind of a master suite that has a bedroom like that, space for the bed with nothing else in it. We've given each of ourselves walk-in wardrobes because I don't want to be looking at his mess and he does not want to be looking at mine. So at least we can just close the doors on them if they are messy. And also, yeah. I like to think that I only get messy when I see his mess on the floor and therefore <laughs> the go mine on the floor. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least I can't see that. I can't yeah. be influenced by his mess, right? So uh, come back to me when we're in the house and I'll tell you how well that's worked out for us. But um, <laughs> anyway, we would have two separate wardrobe spaces. We also have then obviously included our, our ensuite. But the other thing um, that we have done is we have separated the toilet from the shower area. Yeah, I love that. Like in hotels. Yes, right. Like there are some couples who are super happy to pee while their partner's in the shower. You know, I guess we would just rather have our own space for that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, something we had uh, in one of the kind of the villas that we had on our on our honeymoon, we had exactly this, and we were like, "God, this is great!" So we decided to incorporate it into our design, inspired by Bumba Beach Lodge, where we stayed on our honeymoon, right? So that worked for us. And then we did sneak in a small little lounge upstairs as well in our master bedroom that does take Ooh. in the view, like overlooks. I love coming out of the shower and sitting down, like having a cup of tea, and sitting there for like ten minutes if I can. Again, yeah. always especially now with a baby, right? 
but look, if you can, if I can kind of sit and chill for a couple of minutes after I get out of the shower room, whatever. And and oftentimes I find that's when I take out my phone and like, you know, crack on with a few emails or whatever while I'm still there in my towel. I know it sounds a bit mad, but I was just trying to think like, how do I work? And if I was not even how do I work, but how do I live and how do I operate and what are my habits and how do I design my living space to accommodate those good habits and then try and get rid of bad habits? No, I really like that because, you know, we shouldn't just design a room like every room should be from a magazine. If you Mm. want an armchair in a room, why not? Because that's, that's kind of, that accommodates your little, those little moments that you have. For example, some people do that like in the kitchen and they actually really need a bar stool because they love to just like hang about and have like a three hour breakfast and do some work at the, at a bar, at a counter. I'm the same as you actually. I, I love luxuriating and taking my time to get ready, but same as you, I I will be on Slack in the shower. (laughs) So like I I need to incorporate this kind of ensuite into my, my dream future home. So love that. Love that little segue. So the renovation budget stayed pretty similar to the original plans. Okay. Yeah, we did. Right. Because I guess we even doing things like, you know, he's working with the, facilities that were already provided you know to the house and plumbing that already exists within the house you're like right how can we position the bathrooms to make the most of the existing plumbing so you're not redoing too much mm-hmm. you know, work. and and it it's surprising how much that can save on oh budget, yeah right yeah you know so you know even kind of just being clever like that and, and really figuring out ways to to make that work you know that that really has helped us also obviously as I said, oh yeah, sorry, I totally went off on the tangent there, right? So what I was getting at with the um, the things that we knocked on the head from yeah. our master bedroom, from that little lounge area, we had kind of planned on doing like a corner window and having, you know, the architect had included this, having a corner window that had a slider door that opened, but with that slider door, there was also like a glass panel that acted as kind of a balcony that looked out yeah. over the, you know, the patio and the garden downstairs. I mean, spectacular, right? And then we saw the price and I was like, oh yeah, that's never going to happen. Yeah, we can't. Cannot afford it. So, but, um, and like we really worked, we really tried to find ways to incorporate it. We really looked at ways to see how we could do it more cost effectively, you know, and we just, like, we just couldn't. And then I was like, do you know what? Like, it's fabulous, but how many times really am I going to sit up there with that open? Like we are living on the coast in Ireland as well. Yeah, right? it's it windy. It's cold. <laughs> like there will be. Now we are lucky the site is kind of sheltered because of the kind of topography of the land around us. But how often am I going to have that slice door open? Really? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, like even knowing how to choose your, your luxuries, right? So you're like, mm. I'd rather have the separate walk-in wardrobes and the separate bathroom and invest your money there rather than this window, which was going to be like, you know, such an accent piece, but you have to be a little realistic when you, when you start working. (laughs) Oh my God, completely. And like other things, like, I mean, even with the size of the windows, right, that we were choosing, obviously Mm. you're drawing, you know, when you're drawing it, you're like, I'd love my window to be, you know, 2.2 meters tall or whatever. Right. And, And then you go and you speak to the window guy and he's like, they don't come in that size love unless you're willing to spend you know 50 grand more you're like yeah no I I, I don't have that so 
Yeah, that'd be great. You know, and then I'm kind of asking questions like, so could we get them to open on the left and then pull this? So he's like, no, because the standard ones open on the right. And they'll go this and you're like, all oh, right, okay, grand. We'll just take yeah. the standard ones. Yeah. So, you know, it's very much as well for us about really trying to design. Like, okay, do you know what I think we did is we, we went big and then we scaled it right back to still work with the pre-made standard size materials. You know, we don't really have anything custom because yeah. we can't afford it. And, and we still wanted to find creative ways to use custom sizes in ways that gave us a luxurious feel, but didn't, you know, completely break the bank. So things like taking off the shelf windows. Yeah. But you know what? That comes from that knowledge of, and knowing how to do that and being able to think that way comes from your husband's experience. Oh, yeah. I, I worked briefly at a joinery and you start to learn about like, what are the standard sizes of things and being like, okay, well, if you make this actually this much shorter, you don't need to get that extra sheet. And so Declan came at it probably and, and taught you along the way of like oh. custom, like, although custom seems like, well, if we're going to do interior design, everything's going to be custom. And you're like, mm-hmm, it will cost like not 50% more, like, 10 times more just because of economies of scale. And so knowing that, and also knowing that that doesn't mean your home isn't going to be premium and beautiful and that you can still make something really beautiful without having to to go the, this was built from scratch for you is, is really valuable and good to know because I think people have unrealistic expectations of, uh, of custom Absolutely. And I think people see, you know, because I, I know even when when the, the design of our house and the 3D images and the drawings of our house were presented to us. Yeah, I honestly want to get up and walk out. So it's like, we're never going to be able to afford that. Like, that's just not. <laughs> right? yeah. And then when, again, as you said, like between Declan's knowledge, you know, of kind of building, pricing, fitting out, and then the architect, you know, and and his experience of saying, well, actually, what I've done is, I've only done it to, to this measurement or to this length because that's mm. the standard that like the steel comes in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, wow. Yeah. You know, so it, it really, really, really designed the house around the sizes that the materials come in as standard. You know, and we wanted to, I guess, add the luxury, if you will, or the premium feel to I guess, yeah, the design of it, because that's what good design is, right? It's, it's it's kind of working with what you've got, but elevating it. Yeah, yeah. And the like if you keep parts, to a stand. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say where like the sum of all parts is, is or the sum is, is greater than, than all parts. Is that, how, how do we even say that? <laughs> you know where I'm going, right? Yes. The sum yes. Is I, I don't know the idiom either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's people listening to this being like rolling their eyes. <laughs> but yeah, so the end result is greater than the sum of all parts. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay, so I love that the architect was like mindful of that and worked it around it. But I like this approach of like, do the dream design, and Mm -hmm. then chip away at little parts rather than kind of feeling confined the whole way through, because then you can edit down and edit and edit. And and then you'll end up with something like that you would have never gotten if you'd gone at it from with like almost a scarcity mindset, right? Yes, absolutely. And you know what, I've kind of taken that approach with everything in life, even, you know, when I work with my clients, and I'm looking at you know, like a uh, kind of a web design build, for example, you know, we, we do the same thing, you know, we're building something yeah. that kind of, that's, you know, that's really big and it's elaborate. And then we go, right, what is it that you 
absolutely needs? What is it you can absolutely afford? And what are those luxuries that should things, you know, stretch or should we find something in reserve? What are the what are the first priority luxuries that we want to add, you know, to the the kind of the basic structure after we've, you know, or or essentially what are the the first things that you're happy to get rid of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Looking at things. That's a great approach. And in terms of then the renovation itself, did Declan and his team do a lot of uh, the manual labor? Was there a general contractor you hired? How did that no. whole team work? So, so, so Declan did a huge amount of the work okay. himself. Okay. Himself. Um, and yeah, he has an amazing team of lads um, mm-hmm. who are work with him as well. Um, like really top, top, top guys. Um, but yeah, it is like, I mean, I say this to him so regularly and I only had this conversation with him during the week and this is going to sound so corny, but honestly, <laughs> I look at the things that he does and I'm like, how, how do you do all the things? How do you manage every single thing that is going on in your business and then still come home and, you know, and, and, and work on the physical work on the house but then also the huge amount of time that has to go into planning it and you know like even things like there was one night you know I was sitting here and I was looking across at him and I knew he was working on something so I was like I'm not gonna bother him I'm just gonna like you want another cup of tea you know and what he was trying to figure out obviously was because it's a flat roof right you know you've got to figure out how the water is going to drain from the flat roof without flooding everything around it but then also ours is actually two flat roofs because one half of the building is slightly higher than the other half of the building just to give it that sort of architectural texture, I guess. Oh, cool. Uh, so over kind of the half of the building, which houses our kitchen, living, dining area, our entrance hallway and upstairs, the main corridor um, of the, the landing space and our master bedroom that's kind of one chunk of the house. And then the other half of the house is ever so slightly lower. It's only a couple of inches. It might be six or eight inches lower. But now we've also got to figure out, so how do you bring the rainwater from that onto the lower half of the house without compromising the seal on the roof and then bring it to a gutter that runs down the side of the house? You know, so obviously these are things that I, I wouldn't have a clue about. And, you know, and he's here kind of working out the mathematics behind it and testing it and building little models and you know running. so yeah so he was doing ah. he was the engineer the project manager part manual laborer <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah and I mean obviously obviously then he's he's you know he's cross-referencing this with the other professionals that you know that we sure. are engaging on the project but he yeah. obviously to save time and money money especially is doing as much of the grunt work on all of this as he possibly can um, oh. and I honestly don't I don't know how he manages it. Like there's just, there's obviously cons turning in that brain. That, like, <laughs> so who were some of the other professionals you still hired? So obviously you had the architect. Who else did you still need to hire, even though Declan had a lot of that experience? Okay. Um, oh my God. Um, I'm trying to think who else we've had. On did you have the, a I mean, qu- quantity surveyor, an engineer? No, they did that. They did all that themselves within. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's honestly talk about shoestring. Right. But like a really fortunate shoestring. You know yes. what I mean? <laughs> honestly, I'm sitting here and I, I'm honestly sitting here and all all the people are going to take away from this podcast. is Like, God, she's really lucky to marry. Like, 
right? That's what people are going to because honestly, even when you're asking me these questions, it's making me realize that, you know, that that we have, yeah, between between Declan's team in Evoke and Dave Merrigan, our architect, yeah. really, they, they just nailed it all between them. Wow. You know, and here I am just trying to influence, I guess, <laughs> I, I suppose like you know I'm, I'm kind of even going god what's my role in this now anymore other than like trying to you know raise the capital to pay for it really because I'm like yeah. that's, I guess that's a big part <laughs> right but still I'm so yeah. reliant on them stretching like the small money that you know that I'm trying to raise for it like and obviously Declan too right there's, there's two of us in this but yeah. you know they're just make they're just stretching it so far and getting so much value out of it so yeah god and question like you know being realistic when people don't have but a lot of people who do renovations do have an uncle who's a builder or something like this if you would have had to hire all the different professionals and in general contractor if Declan didn't have the time or didn't have the abilities to do it like how much do you think you would have like not saved basically how much would you have had to cut off the the renovation I honestly I mean I'm plucking this figure out of the sky sure right yeah 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 I feel like it could have cost us like an extra 200 grand or something just to. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, wow. Because when I look at, at, at what it's costing us and I, and I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going through, you know, kind of budgeting things in my head. Yeah. When I look at, yeah, I mean, because again, right. A lot of what you pay for, especially when you've got, you know, professional services involved. Yeah. You're paying for their time. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. by Declan and, like I'm going to say and myself we have both sat down and put a lot of the grunt work and that time into doing I mean even when it came to drawing up the design of the house you know we were able to do a lot of the the plans initially that we could kind of hand it over to the architect and be like here yeah. what did that you know yeah so you know there was even I suppose an element of that the other side of it is that Declan is so good at what he does and he is known for being very good that people were very excited to kind of work with him on a project that was his own it was his own passion project it wasn't yeah. a project and it wasn't a project you know you know it's you know another residence it was for his own home so I guess he was kind of having people as soon as kind of I suppose I don't want to be like word got out that he was building his own house but people were kind of like hey I'm just wondering you know um do you want to do you want us to have a look at the lighting for you do you want us to have a look at the such and such a thing you know uh, yeah so I, I mean I really I don't I don't know how I, I don't I don't know how much we, we think yeah but and what do you know what the total renovation is going to come in at yeah it's going to cost us around around 200k wow but that's honestly incredible for what you're doing and yeah. I, obviously I'm, I'm I'm thinking Dublin prices but still for adding a second story and a two-story like garage that I assume the garage is insulated has electricity and all of that yeah, it does. Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it is incredible. Um, and as I said, we have, we've stretched everything and really gotten as much value out of, uh, you know, out of what we can. But I mean, and that's being funded, uh, you know, I'm just going to be honest about it because this is why we're here. Um, yeah. Like that's being funded by the, 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 the surplus money from the house that I sold. Yeah. So, that's, so that's, that's incredible. And, and, and it's, Sorry, no, what I was going to say as well was like, honestly, like even like the, the the house that we sold in King's Channel, like, so I bought that on, on my own, right? Even though De- like Declan and I were together, but do you know what? We did it because we 
wanted to have a house and have a life in a, a house that one or other of us could afford to pay for on our own. Should the shit hit the fan, excuse my language, for one or mm. other of us professionally and we didn't have an income, we wanted to yeah. make sure that we could do it on our own. I, so at the time, I was in full-time PAYE employment, so it, it made it easier for me to get the mortgage. So we went ahead and did that. But, you know, it was always our home and it was it was ours. But he went in and, and renovated it, right? So again, if I had bought that on my own and I didn't have him, you know, he went in and was like, let's put in a new kitchen. Let's, you know, do new flooring and let's knock a wall and change this. And that obviously added massive value to the house. And then as the market turned and, you know, it was, um, it, it's such a beautiful part of Waterford City and it's very close to you know, the hospital and, you know, really good kind of amenities and whatever. So it was always going to fetch a good price. Um, and because he had, he, you know, he had renovated it beautifully, we were able to really capitalize on that. And that is now what's funding this build. That's incredible. And it's good for people to even know, you know, even if their partner isn't, you know, a carpenter, engineer, and kitchen designer, there are always ways like, you know, when you see it on all the self-build shows, if you are willing to take time out of your career and be the project manager and put in the time, there is like, if, if just the cash is a finite pot, there are ways to save a ridiculous amount of money if you're willing to be that person. Absolutely. It like yeah. you, the time is the most valuable thing that you mm. can give to a family. And yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm kind of glad you steered it in this way because the more I was talking there, the more I was like, well, there's there's no value that people are going to get out of this chat other than maybe just sheer interest. <laughs> if the takeaway that people can have from even just listening to this, you know, these yeah. last couple of minutes is that by spending those hours, and sometimes it's it's like you know, you come home from work at six or seven and you're sitting down and you're eating dinner over plans on the table and oh, yeah. you're drinking tea in the evening time with like a match on in the background and like designs in front of you. And you are there working out absolutely everything that can be done and figuring out and researching different options and, you know, getting in touch with different suppliers and looking for different pieces of advice from different experts. And, you know, if the only thing you can give your project is time, you will save yourself a fortune. Yeah. And it's actually a really interesting contrast to um, one of the, our first homeowner interview with um, the self-builder in Wicklow, Alex Calder. They're kind of the opposite, but that was because neither of them had the time. They were like, our careers are kind of at this point that like we couldn't do it. Like, And they were they didn't really have an interest in doing that either. So for them, it was like, hire the experts and hand it over. But they were lucky that the they were building on family land. But in the case where you 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 actually you're like we need to make this work and we need to cut a hundred grand off this budget. And if one person can be like, all right, I'm going to take a you know a seven month, nine month, ten month, whatever break from work to do this, there are incredible savings to be to be had. Yeah, so there are. And like I just want to be sure, like neither of us have been able to take a break from work, right? But yeah. Get- given that that Venn diagram of like Declan working and the work that needs to be done for the house, like every time he's is in work, whether he's working on another job or not, you're learning and gaining experience all of, of the course. time to take home and apply. But yeah, I mean, talk about evenings. Honestly, I would say if somebody could be a fly on the wall of our marriage, like, God, those guys are so boring. Like all they talk <laughs> about is 
for their house, you know, because that's all that we've had, like over, and yeah. I mean, I get it as well. I've been on maternity leave for the past six months. So that has afforded us as well a bit of time for mm. me down on research, research, research where we can. And, yeah. you know, just kind of even just look, as I said, looking for different suppliers and looking up different, you know, different types of materials that are available and, you know, yeah, look at. Yeah. Actually, sorry. So where are you living? We never, we never got to that. Where are you, where have you been living? We're living in a little one bed, family owned one bed apartment, (laughs) which is, do you know what? It's actually perfect. And this is where our like newborn baby came home to. So it's been ideal because really you don't need all that much space when you have a newborn and you kind of need everything to hand anyway. So in a way it's been like a blessing in disguise. Amazing. And how far along in the overall project are you and how, how long is left? Okay, so we really only started after Christmas. We moved out okay. of the house properly. When I say moved out of the house properly, we left the house before my son arrived because we knew that we kind of just needed to be settled in into yeah. our, our new space. So, but the, the house itself then, um, we, we really didn't empty it properly and fully until just before Christmas and we took the roof off of it in the first week of January. So all of the work that's been kind of done to date is, you know, that we, I suppose we've taken out all of the internal walls downstairs and have rebuilt the stud walls for, you know, for the existing or for the future and upstairs. So the full timber frame upstairs has been done and all of the stud walls are in upstairs as well. The roof has also gone on. So the, as I said, the, there was a lot of kind of engineering of the, the roof to make sure that it worked essentially. Yeah. Um, and we've got a roof light in uh, upstairs as well. So that's where we're at at the moment. The next plan, and we're hoping for it to be done in May, so in the coming weeks, is we're going to clad the outside of the upstairs of the building. So then we can crack on with the insulation and the first fixes and hope to get the windows in. Uh, we have our windows yeah. and everything ordered at this stage. Uh, we were keen wow. to do Obviously, prices... Um, so yeah, we just had to, yeah, just to, 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 to commit, I guess, because the yeah, prices are just skyrocketing at the moment and we just needed to, to make a decision. And again, even that, like by dedicating time to finalizing the windows and what we wanted with the windows allowed us to place our order and get our deposit down before the price increased. So that time again became so precious in saving money for us. Yeah. And some of those things are key so that you can actually make the house you know, what safe from the elements so you yes, can do yeah, other yeah. things. We're hoping obviously to to get a good bit of the work done throughout the summer. And um, while the weather's good, the evenings are long, you know, the days are dry, please God. <laughs> but um as again that kind of final quarter of the year approaches, we know it's we're probably gonna have to put things on a standstill again, both because Declan just gets so incredibly busy um in that last quarter. And, you know, well, when I say the weather, it doesn't, you know, isn't great. If everything is sealed up and everything at that stage anyway, you know, it would be fine to continue working inside. But I would say if we were in it by this time next year, I think that's probably. Oh, wow. Okay. I'd say that's more realistic. Um, okay. I mean, look, I asked the architect, right, when he, you know, when he gave us the plans and we looked at everything and I was like, how long are we talking to do that? And he said, he said, if money's not an option, six months. I was like. So how long is it going to take to get in? Because money is absolutely yeah. <laughs> is enough. Um, he was like 12 to 18 months. I was like, yeah, 24 wow. months. <laughs> wow, so, okay. 
side of it is right that you know now that I'm back to work uh every spare penny is going back into the house fund and oh look COVID has afforded us the opportunity to save because I mean as you know we you know I'm at the age now where we are in the throes of like friends getting married and you know (laughs) Pen parties coming around every couple of weeks. And those things cost, you know, they obviously cost a fortune. And it's only yeah. really through COVID that I realized how much of my income goes on, you know, the, the, the extra stuff, you know, yeah. in the holidays. And, yeah, goes on those weekends away and nights out with my friends and meals out, whatever. So we've kind of just said, right, let's continue living our COVID life, even though everything <laughs> is really And just eat beans on toast forevermore. But look, it's it's really good for people to see the sacrifices that have to be made to get the projects over the line. And like you're saying, sure, if if you had been pay, if you had paid more for a general contractor, it could have been finished maybe six to ten months. If you do yeah. this more true self build route, you're going to have to pause things when life gets hectic. You're going to have to know, okay, we need to seal it up so that you know things aren't going to be stolen, things won't be damaged while we take a break. And viewing it more as like a flexible project and not being really stressed by the fact that like, oh my God, we're not in it yet. Because that's what makes it so difficult is not having realistic expectations of the trade-offs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, like, I mean, there there are, I, it's funny, like, I don't feel like we're sacrificing a lot. I genuinely don't. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, no, because I mean, look, at the end of the day, we we have a lovely little space to live in. Myself, my husband, my son. And honestly, once the three of us are happy and healthy then really you know we want for nothing more so I really don't feel like we're compromising it's just when I look back I think more so in hindsight I realize how much money you just spend whimsically (laughs) you know even those days when you might like nip into town for something and then all of a sudden you've come out having spent like 90 quid and pennies on stuff you definitely didn't need you know or like you're meeting somebody for a coffee and then all of a sudden you know and I know it sounds really silly you're like all of a sudden there's like 25 quid gone on something else that you bought that you probably didn't need somewhere else and and the other side of it is is I'm also living in in a small space has has made me realize how much again I how much shite you can curse yeah (laughs) so um it it made me realize how much shite we've acquired over the years and and emptying the house I'm like picking up stuff going what even is this like they're 40 quid on this so what I've been trying to do is learn to live without the excess crap that that you sometimes along the way live a more I don't want to use the term like curated life but like you know even when I'm buying my clothes I'm trying to be much more sensible and buy things that you know will last a bit longer take up less space cost me less in the long run you know so I think if anything, the pandemic forcing us to change our lifestyle and then the house, you know, as a result of that, requiring that we continue to live a maybe a more modest lifestyle has, you know, kind of taught me that it's it's really it's easy to do so long as you've got the, the basics covered. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think so it's doing a renovation when you're like, that could be a window in Alucad instead of PVC. And then you're like, okay, yeah. I'll skip the takeout for a month because you you're, you see the tangible trade-off rather than like, oops, we spent that money, yeah. I guess. Now we can't have that thing that we can't even really conceptualize. 
But when it's in front of you and you're like, I really want the, really want the, the, the hardwood floor, you know, um, you, then you're like, oh, you get to see the value of money in such a different way when you're investing in like your home for the next, you know, probably maybe the rest of your life, who knows? Um, so that's, that's really interesting to, to think of it from that way. So I think that is a good point to, um, start to wrap up our conversation. I guess you've talked a little bit about, you know, how to do things on this shoestring budget and going big with your vision, then trimming the fat. You worked really closely with your architect to do this. You brought in some of your own expertise and time with Declan and yourself doing a lot of the grunt work. And um, I like some of the points you made about, you know, working around where the plumbing originally was. You kept the original foundations, whatever was solid in there that you could afford to keep without sacrificing your design, you did. And Mm -hmm. talking a lot about custom versus standard sizing and using that as kind of the baseline for your designs, but not viewing it as compromise. Were there any other big things that helped you, you know, still achieve this dream home without having to pay ridiculous amounts for it? What are, what are some other tricks? For me, the big thing was knowing how I live in my space so that I can mm. create a space that works for us. As I said, you want for your house to make your life easier, right? Mm-hmm. So I want for the house to facilitate my good habits and help me get rid of my bad habits. So that was one thing, you know, for example, we, as I said, I love kind of nice, clean lines, semi, when I say empty spaces, I'm not really one to have like, you know, clutter, loads of like cluttered, like accessories around the place. Because if, if I look at a, you know, some people have these really cool curated, like shelving with like mountains of stuff on it. And it just looks like there's stuff everywhere, but it's all very stylish and cool. Like that would just never be me because if I put all the stylish and cool stuff around the place, I'll end up inevitably like putting a screwdriver on the shelf, like down the line. And everyone will just stay there because it will blend in with the rest of the clutter. And then I'm like, well, that's just where it lives now. So I can't move yeah. it because I want you know. So we have to create this, we have to create our storage and our space in such a way that everything has a place and yeah. it can be hidden behind doors and then everything looks neat and tidy, you know. So I guess, yeah, for us, it's like we we had to figure out how do we live and then how do we create our living space around how we live to, to facilitate that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That is a good last tip. So thank you so much for all of that. I think it's um, really nice to hear different types of renovation stories, different approaches, the things mm-hmm. that people can learn to be flexible on and keep an open mind on. And I do think, you know, I think you always had the plan to live in the house for a little bit before you renovated it. Too many people go in and say, oh, well, we definitely need four bedrooms or we definitely want the whole ground floor open plan and living in a space like you did allowed you to make some really smart decisions along the way. So people should take a leaf out of that book, even if it's not the pandemic keeping you there, mm-hmm. that time will can save you lots of energy and, and money in the long run, right? Oh, no, totally, totally. And look, you know, as I said, the pandemic forced us to do it. But in hindsight, we're really grateful for that. And I would definitely recommend it. And it might seem like it's a hard thing to do, you know, because oftentimes you're really itching to get started with your project. Yeah, but really. You know, I think if you if you can take the time to to live and learn before you commit, I think you'll find that you'll reap those benefits in the long run. A hundred percent. Well, thanks, Teresa, for uh, walking me through your whole renovation. And if people want to follow along over the next year as you complete it, 
um, where can they uh, follow? Yeah, so we're on Instagram. We're at our house in the sunset. So we're, you know, we're we're sharing our bits and pieces along the way there, and and learning as we go as well, because there is a really great community of people on online who share so much valuable information. So you know, we did it both to share our journey and and learn as as we go ourselves as well. So yeah, our house in the sunset. Come and join us over there. Amazing, and also Declan's uh, company is Evoke Kitchens, and that's. At Evoke Kitchens, E V O K E. So you can follow along there because uh, he seems pretty amazing. So if he's as good at doing your house as he is kitchens, I'm sure <laughs> he's, a, he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's amazing. So yeah, do go and, and follow him. And look, if anybody is looking for, you know, kitchen advice or ideas or inspiration, like the lads would certainly help you out as well. So you won't, you won't be in better hands. Amazing. Okay. Thanks so much, Tirisan. Really looking forward to seeing how the house develops and uh, maybe eventually coming back and discussing the final project, especially when the interiors are done. Best of luck with the rest of the journey and this summer. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much. Thanks a million. Thank you for tuning in to the interiors podcast. To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at the interiors podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much, and see you here next time.